I'm excited because this is an awesome opportunity uh, for Pastor Brian to give, give me this opportunity to, to come forth with you, an awesome word that God's going to bring forth today, but also to give my testimony. Um, before I go into the word, I uh, just want to share with you all uh, just a little bit about me because we've been coming here almost a year now, and uh, we joined here in April. Um, but to let you know that a little bit that I was raised as a PK kid, a preacher's kid, uh, originally from born in Cincinnati, but I was raised in Nicholasville, Kentucky, and uh, as a kid, as a preacher's kid, um, I've seen a lot of different things. I've seen a lot of different things in the church, a lot of different things that I've I seen uh, kind of led me away from the church. And so... Uh, some people can relate to that. Some people say, well, how did that lead you away from the church when you was a preacher's kid? Well, you, seen, you didn't always see the good things. Sometimes you've seen the bad things, and most of the time you've seen more bad than good. And uh, so uh, the older I got, I um, decided to get away from church. When I turned 18, I left and got away from the church and started selling drugs, went to jail several times, and finally I found myself. And, uh, and uh, got, um, when I found myself in my early, later 20s, joined the church. I'm trying to make this brief so I can get into my sermon. <laughs> uh, got into my, uh, in my later 20s and joined the church. Got involved with the church and met the love of my life, uh, Tashana Harris. And we have two children, and uh, Tashayla and Caden. And uh, thank, and we've been married seven years as of tomorrow. Give God a big praise. And um, last year I got sick. And uh, last year I got sick and uh, had two major seizures, messed up both of my shoulders. Um, I had to have surgery on this shoulder. The one seizure almost took me out, but God. Can, can I say, but God? And so, you know, uh, the awesome thing is, is that we were supposed to be moving to Texas, but God led us here. And so the blessed thing is, is that because God led us here, I'm here, we're here on an assignment. And because God led us here, uh, we ought to be celebrating because history has been made today. And the history is, is that I'm the first African-American to be preaching in this church. And all the things that are going on in this world... All the things that are going on in this world, uh, we ought to be celebrating because we're not, we're not looking at color. We're not looking at race. But in this church, we are serving God. Can I get an amen? All right, let's get into the word. Y'all ready? Let's go into Luke, the 15th chapter. Luke, the 15th chapter, if you have your Bibles. And it reads, and it's the, starting at the 11th verse, Luke 15, 11th verse. I don't like to go too fast because I don't want nobody to be in a hurry just because I got a phone. And my iPhone, my iPad went dead. My tablet went dead. Y'all ever had that bad day where everything just seemed like everything just going crazy? Okay. <laughs> and so, and it reads, Jesus continued. 
there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got, got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields of, to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. God, I ask you, God, to remove me out the way. Let your word go forth in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Amen. If I was to use for a topic, even though we have the series called God Hearted, I would use for a topic, welcome back. Welcome back. And think about that. I thought about as a child, um, a lot of times um, when I was growing up, we had rules in our household. And the rules was... You had to, on Saturday morning, you had to clean the house. We had to do different things. And when you got up in the morning, don't matter what you did Friday night, didn't matter what you did all week long, sat, come Saturday morning before you, uh, my mom cooked a big old breakfast, and that, that was a trick because you had to clean the whole house. Before you could do anything, you had to clean the whole house. We had curfews. Uh, in my era, that was... That was part of growing up. I, you know, things have changed, times have changed, but that was when I was coming up, those was things, there was rules in the household, amen? And so when all that stuff was going on, uh, a lot of times we couldn't wait, I couldn't wait in my age, I'm 38, uh, we couldn't wait to get out of the house. Uh, not realizing the responsibilities, uh, the life experiences, uh, when we got out the house that we would have to take care of getting out of the house, trying to rush to get out of the house. Some people had other experiences. Some people had to take care of farms. Some people had to have bad experiences. Some people had to deal with rape. Some people had to deal with molestation. Some people had to deal with other things that they wanted to get out of the house. But a lot of us, uh, we, if we be true to ourselves, when we got out, there was other things that was going on in the world that we wasn't ready for. Are y'all going to pray with me? Because there was a lot of different things that went on in the world, a lot of different things that we experienced, a lot of partying and stuff that we did. Uh, if we just be real and keep it real, it was a different parties and different different songs that we listened to, different clubs that we went to. Maybe that ain't what you went to. Maybe you just went to college. Maybe you, just, maybe you just hung out, but there was things that you experienced in life that you said, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this is just too much. Maybe, maybe I jumped out here too fast because we didn't want the discipline. 
We didn't want we didn't want the we didn't want the responsibilities because we thought that adulthood was just going to be just going to be howdy howdy, and we thought it was just going to be you know one of those things where we just have fun all the time. And so the whole thing is is that even though the prodigal son had had his inheritance, he had spent everything. What we understand is nowadays that we didn't understand that God had an inheritance for us. The inheritance for us was is that, for us is that uh, a lot of times is that we don't even know our own identity. A lot of times is when we leave, when we leave home and when we do those type of things, it's because we don't know who we are. And we try to find ourselves. So when you look at that, there's three things that I want you to look at that I want you to understand that God's, God's inheritance is. And the three things is, one of them is the anointing. When you look at the screen, the anointing, there's two scriptures that I want you to look at, and I'm, I'm going to try to make this brief because I want you to understand, and I'm going to try to explain to you. The first scripture is Luke 4, 18, and it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recoveries of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Understanding that the anointing is not what you think. The anointing is the power of God inside of you. So that means that you have power in you, which means is that you have the same DNA as Jesus Christ. That means that when Christ died on the cross and the blood was shed, that means that it was the same DNA that you have. So you have power in, the, in, the, in your mouth to speak truth to the people that don't know the truth. And it's for the believers. The second scripture of the anointing is, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So that means if you're apart from God, you don't obey God, you don't do God's will, if you don't walk with God, you don't uh, obey God, guess what? You will apart from him and your fruit, that means that you will die off. When you bear fruit, when you bear fruit, you grow things. Things begin to happen. And, and if we can go and move on to the next word, because I'm going to sum that all up. Purpose. Purpose. The scripture for purpose is Romans 8 and 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. That means that all of you have been called. That means that everybody has a ministry. Every, everybody has a work to do. Everybody has an assignment to do. You all have a purpose. Everybody's put on earth to serve God and do God's will. If we move on to the next scripture, 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So that means that even, even if you feel like you ain't worthy, God said you're worthy. Next word, destiny. The next scripture for destiny is this. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and future. One more scripture. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. To sum it all up, can I tell you this? Because God don't give you all your inheritance at one time, but he gives you a little because he knows you can't handle it all at one time. So what he did is he gave you a little bit and he said, wait a minute, let me give you a little bit so you can have just a taste of it. So what he did is, is so while you was in your wilderness, while you was in the world, he let you get that job. He let you experience some things, but he said, hold on, I'm not going to give it all to you because if I give it all to you, then you ain't going to know it's coming from me. He said, so you, he said, so I'm just going to let you have just a little taste of it. Tell somebody just a little taste of it because I didn't even know my own identity. When you look at this, it's, it's very important because you got to know your own identity. The next thing is, is that the prodigal son, when he came to, because when he came to, he, he realizes that it's more to him. He, he realized that it was nothing else. You got to tell yourself, I don't want God, I don't want the world to get to nothing else before I turn to God. But I got to turn to him now. I'm talking to somebody in here. Everybody ain't in the same place. Everybody ain't saved. And so the, the thing is, is we got to get to that place. And once you know who your identity is, you got to know your value. The value is, is that when I think about value, I think about diamond. Think about the diamond is cut, clarity, and color. When you think about a diamond, a diamond, to make it cut, clarity, and color, it means it has to have less flaws. But then the difference in the Christianity walk and the Christianity walk is, is that you, have, you can have all the flaws that you could possibly have. And God is still exception. You can have all the tattoos. You can have piercings. You can have some messed up situations. But the situation is, is that the more, you, the, the more you go through, the more situations that you've been through, the more hell you've been through, the more, the more stuff that you go through, the more, the more experiences that your life experiences you, God is taking you through, that's the more value that you have because you are helping other people to God's glory. You got to understand that God is doing a work in you. God is doing something in you. And that's what he was doing. The prodigal son, he, he realized he came to himself. He came to himself because he says, wait a minute, I, I got to go back. I got to go back. I can't stay here forever. I can't allow myself to be in this place. This, ain't, this is not me. And then when he realized that he, he had value, he said, I got to go back. But see, let me explain something to you because that was his story. But for you that don't understand that because you're saying that was him, what about me? Well, let me tell you this, because God does that for you too. See, a lot of times when you, you are so far away and when you're heading back to Christ, God already sees you. See, you could be in the middle of a crowd, but because you are God's child. 
And because you belong to God, God sees you. He can identify you in the midst of a crowd. He can identify you and understand who you are. He can identify you no matter what the situation is. He can identify you because you are, because you are a servant of his. He, he needs you in the kingdom. And so, therefore, when God needs you in the kingdom, he, he's looking for you to do work. So, when he's heading back, his father sees him. And before he can get to him, that's just like daddy, when he, gets, when he sees you, he, he runs to him and hugs him. And what you got to understand is in those biblical times, in the biblical times, there, there wasn't a whole lot, but his father had a whole lot. He was, he, apparently, he had a lot of land. He had, he had some money. He had, he had a whole lot of, he had a lot of money and stuff, so, and therefore, he, he was able to give. So, coming across the land to have slaves working for him and, and different workers and stuff like that working for him, he, you know, his son apparently did not feel worthy because he had spent all what he had. So when he seen him, he said, don't even worry about it. Let me just give you a hug. And that's what Christ saying. It doesn't matter if you did drugs over here. It doesn't matter if you slept with this person over here. It doesn't matter if you lived any kind of way over here. It doesn't matter if you had a child out of wedlock. It doesn't matter if that relationship over here didn't work. It doesn't matter if this didn't work over here. I just want to hug you. Jesus just want to hug you today. He just want to hug you. He want to show you love today. And so when he got to him, he looked at him. He says, you know what? I, I want you to do something. He, he had his slaves. And you got to understand this, the, the meaning of this. Because they bring out a robe. And when they bring out the robe, the robe, which means was to restore back to him. Love as well as his protection. But then there were sandals. He said, put on his feet to let him know you're no longer a slave. Because the slaves didn't have no sandals. They just wore bare feet. So that let him know that he was no longer in the lowest. And I just want to encourage somebody today that you, you're no longer in the lowest place. You're no, longer, you're no longer not accepted. But God is accepting you. Because a lot of times people don't think that they're accepted. And you think that you have to be accepted, but God is already accepting you or where you are and the place that you're in. It, it doesn't matter where you're at. God accepts you. Then he says, let me put a ring on your finger. And back in these times, he says, and back in these times, these, these was royal things. So he put a ring on his finger. And when he put a ring on his finger, it gave him power and authority. And in the Bible, you look at Pharaoh. Pharaoh did the same thing with Joseph. He gave him his ring. And that gave him power and authority. And I just come to encourage you. Now we don't give those things. We don't give those things and stuff like that anymore. We don't have those things like that anymore because that was in those biblical times. But now God gives you greater things. And can I let you know that when you give yourself to Christ and when you allow God to take over in your life, you come back home to God as your father, that things begin to happen, the house that you wanted, the, the car that you wanted, the school loans that you wanted to be paid off, uh, the, the everything that you, that marriage that you wanted to happen, God would do it for you. All you got to do is come back home. All you got to do is come back home. 
and understanding that God is doing that for you. It's not about you. It's about God doing it for you. We don't do it for ourselves. And that's what your daddy is. God is your father. God is, God is your keeper. And that's what the prodigal son's daddy did to him. He, he respected him. And, and even though you come back home, let me explain something to you because this is what else happened. The other son who had received, because some people forget about the other son, the other son who had received, he, he began to talk. He was listening. He said, how did, how did he get a fatted calf, you know? You know, you got a brother, you know, and so she so got a fatty calf. He said, man, he's doing all this stuff here. I've been working all this time. I've been doing all this different stuff, and I ain't never, ever got anything, you know, anything but hard times. And here it is. He the baby brother. He done messed up the money, and he going to come back, and you going to throw him a big old party. On top of that, and I'm sitting here outside the party, everybody's partying, and I get nothing. Can I share something with you? <laughs> You're going to have some haters. That's a word that the young people use, haters, and, and that's, that's a word that people, other people use because... That means people that dislike you. And those people are going to dislike you because you're coming back and they see you doing great. See, when you're doing great, people don't want to, always want to see you do great. Some people want to just see you staying down. And the problem is, instead of him getting mad as his brother, he should have been celebrating because at the end of the scripture, he says, the, the father said, we were celebrating because we thought he was dead. And see, what you got to understand is, is because a lot of times people think that we're dead. And because they think we're dead, they don't think we're dead physically, but they think we're dead spiritually. Because when you're, when you're living, in a, living in a world of sin, you look dead. See, when I was in the world of sin, I looked dead. But when I came back to Christ, I started to have life that looked look different. I looked different, Stephen. I didn't look the same, and things looked totally different about me. My, my appearance thing, I started to look younger. I didn't look older like I used to, and things started to look different about you because you became back to Christ. <clears throat> and what you got to understand is, is when you come back to Christ, the whole moral of the story is, is this. The whole moral of the story is this, is that everything that you lost— Everything that you lost, it didn't matter, it didn't matter what you lost. Everything that you lost, God will give it back to you. God will give it back to you. Everything that you lost. He's a restorer, y'all. That means everything that God gives you, everything that, everything that you asked for, and everything that God, everything that God gives you, that God gave you in the world, that God will give it back to you on triple four. If you had a, if you had a little, little Volkswagen, God would give you a Cadillac. I, I'm just saying, it, that's because that's, he's that type of God. And it's not about the materialistic things. It's about God's spiritual gifts. Because the more and more God gives you, and, and like I said, the anointing and, and the purpose in your destiny, because God said, I'm going to reward you because now you know your identity. And not only do you know your identity, but now you know your value. And so, because you know your identity and your value, now I can reward you for who you are. Yes. 
Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back.